Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, that was fun. It was sort of everything we said last night that was wrong with the Christmas story. You know that we get wrong, but it was also the best telling at the same time. Uh, I love that. It's not often we get to say Merry Christmas on actually Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas. <laughs> Uh, we have all the Advent candles already lit uh, because we have done that at our candlelight services. So they are here. Hope, peace, joy, love, and the Christ candle are lit here as we celebrate Christmas Day. Uh, yeah, we do thank you for being here on Christmas morning. We know that um, sometimes we can sort of think of Christmas as more of a family holiday than a Christian holiday, but we believe that it is a day to worship and to celebrate as the Lord's Day on Sunday always is. Um, also, this won't happen again until 2033, okay? <laughs> 2033, it's not just an every seven years thing. There's a whole formula that we don't need to get into, but yeah, this won't happen again until 2033. So you are here at a rare occurrence. Um, we are going to talk today uh, about how Jesus is the light of the world. How Jesus is the light of the world. And uh, we'll, we'll talk through some, some different like, ways of thinking about that. We celebrate that in all sorts of ways. I am a big Christmas lights lover. I love Christmas lights. I love how they bring so much joy. I thought I would uh, display a little picture of my home. I haven't done that yet this season, Dave Mitchell, wherever you are. Uh, <laughs> he likes to give me a hard time. I saw him this morning, but for always showing my lights in church. But yeah, so this is my house. I love Christmas lights. Just crazy. It's, it's fun to do uh, all of this. But uh, I do think that Christmas lights are just as we think about, like, it's not just for, you know, like prettiness or all of that. But I do love how this season, I love just driving around neighborhoods, not even not intentionally going around to look for lights, but just I love how houses look this time of year. I just think it's so fun driving around at night, seeing all of the, the beautiful lights everywhere. It just brings out a season of joy. There's all sorts of thoughts about the roots of, you know, where lights come from, but people would put candles on their Christmas tree. Like, isn't that crazy when you think about kind of the old times when people would put candles on their tree? And I'm sure that became a problem in so many ways, uh, having burning candles on uh, dead wood inside of your home. But uh, now we have LEDs, and so they shine really, really brightly. But um, we do also know, and I love how uh, God redeems things that did not even begin being part of his plan. They might have been other things that other people were doing that then God says, no, like I, I am taking this on. This is a symbol of who we are. But we also see so much in the scripture how Jesus is the light. And he was even prophesied to be that. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. I also don't know if you know that today is also the eighth and final night. Tonight will be the eighth and final night of Hanukkah, this season of Hanukkah, which is called the Festival of Lights. Now, I'm going to explain to you at some, a little bit later into the sermon, why I'm even like going to be talking about that today, okay? So we're going to talk about that, and I believe it's a, a holiday that you should also celebrate. I've been coughing for a couple weeks, 
And I've been talking a lot here recently, so I'm going to take some sips of water here and there. Um, But let's get into this a little bit. Okay, so Jesus was prophesied to be the light in the darkness. This is something that was prophesied about the Messiah to come. All right, we talked about this just last week in Luke 1, where it says, because of God's tender mercy, this is Zechariah's song, okay, that we talked about. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn, as we sing in O Holy Night, right? For yonder will break, soon will break this new glorious morning of light that, that part of what Jesus does is he brings light into the darkness. This is a, a prophecy about him just months before he's born. But then we see 700 years earlier, there was a prophecy about the Messiah that says the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. That this is something that is said about what Jesus will do, that he will bring light into the darkest places. That Isaiah 9-2, just a couple verses later, is that famous messianic prophecy in verse 6 that says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. And so we celebrate in this season that Jesus is light, and in him there is no darkness, no darkness at all. And so when you consider your life and Our sin brings darkness into our lives. When we're far from God, before we know God, we are in darkness. And he shines a light into that, a light of life. And into your struggles of day-to-day life, he is a light into that as well. So we know that Jesus was prophesied to be a light in the darkness. And he will heal and he will shine into all of those dark parts of our lives. And then also... Jesus called himself the light of the world. Jesus called himself the light of the world. He calls himself that in verse 12 of John 8. He says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. Isn't that beautiful that Jesus, as this light for the world, as we follow him, there's no darkness at all. So even think about all these celebrations of of lights that we have. These are all pointing to Jesus. But then, even as we said at our candlelight service, Jesus also says in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, that you now shine the light of Christ to a world in need of him. Isn't that beautiful? I think that's awesome that Jesus does both of those things for us. All right. So now, why does the festival of lights matter at Christmas? Why would I talk about Hanukkah in today, the eighth night of Hanukkah? Why would we talk about that at Christmas? Well, I'd love for you to grab the Bibles. 
uh, that you have. Maybe you have one with you, uh, or you have the one in the back of the seat there, and turn to John 10. All right. John 10, verse 22. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, the NLT. That's what those Bibles on the back of the seats there are. Um, you'll see some slightly different things if you look at a different version here, but all of them will have one key part um, sort of translated the same. But John 10.22 says this. Check this out. It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. Okay, so Jesus is celebrating Hanukkah in Jerusalem. Your Bible, if you have a different version of NLT, it might just say the Feast of Dedication, something like that. I'm going to explain to you what this Feast of Dedication is all about. But that is what Hanukkah is. Hanukkah is this festival of lights. <clears throat> so we're going to, like, what I want to do is just talk about this a little bit. It says, verse 23, it says, He was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade at this time of this celebration of Hanukkah. Now, let me explain what this is a little bit. Why is it called the Feast of Dedication or the time of the dedication of the temple? Now, what had happened in the period of time in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, we know there's these 400 years, right, in between the end of the Old Testament, beginning of the New Testament. Now, within that time, the people of Israel were attacked by the Seleucids, the Greeks. And there was this ruler, Antiochus Epiphanes, that came in and they... they put war upon the people of Israel, and took over. And part of what they did when they came in is they completely desecrated the temple of God in Jerusalem. They came in and destroyed it. They, they actually put like a statue of Zeus up in the, the temple of God, of Yahweh God. They sacrificed pigs within the temple to desecrate it because pigs are unclean in, in, according to like Jewish law, right? According to the Old Testament law. And so they came in and they did all of this, just making the temple like unsacred, now unholy. They've done all of this to do whatever they can. Now, then there were these people, uh, the, the Maccabees, who were part like a family within the people of Israel. And they rise up and they revolt and make war back against the Greeks. And they actually defeat them with the odds just like completely not being for them. They go and they kick the Greeks out of their land. And now they have their land again. And they have the temple again. But because the temple has been defiled in this way, they need to rededicate the temple of God. And so part of like getting all that bad stuff out of there, cleaning things up, setting things up right again. But part of what had happened was the giant menorah, the candelabra that is, that is lit within the temple of God was, was knocked, knocked over or put out, however that was. And they only had enough oil for it to be lit for one day. And it would take about eight days to, to get more oil to be able to keep this giant candelabra going, all right? Which, uh, so that's the whole thing about why 
this incredible miracle happens that even though they had only enough oil for one day, that it stayed lit for the entire eight days, and then they finally had the, the oil in production again, and they're able to keep this, this candle lit within the temple that's always supposed to be lit within God's temple. And so they say a great miracle happened there. A great miracle happened there. That's even like on the dreidels, the little letters stand for a great miracle happened there. Or if you have the dreidels that are made in Israel, it says a great miracle happened here, uh, which is cool. And so the rest of the world uses different dreidels and all of that. So just in this whole celebration of Hanukkah is this celebration. Uh, it's like not a lot of people talk about, they talk about the light staying lit and they talk about all of that. But there's not often a ton of talk about this rededicating the temple. But that's what they come to regularly celebrate, that this temple has been dedicated to God's use and it's back in, uh, in his, his use and it's holy and sacred and all of that. So Jesus is there to celebrate that, that this great miracle happened there. Now, so now you, now you know. If you didn't know that, you, now you know. And hope was kept alive through that miracle that happened there. And a lot of people, Messianic Jews too, will say like, hey, we, we wouldn't have had the Jewish people to have Jesus come along and be part of God's chosen people without Hanukkah. You can't get Christmas without Hanukkah. And so that's just, a, that's part of all of this. So it's during that season that this story in John 10 is happening. So I encourage you to look back to John 10. And it says in verse 24 that the people surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. So in the midst of Hanukkah, Jesus is coming to God's chosen people, the Jews, walking in the temple, and they say, are you the Messiah? Just tell us plainly. Like, that's an incredible scene when you think about what's happening there. And just remembering that today, on Christmas, we celebrate also the eighth and final night of Hanukkah, and this is how Jesus answers. Verse 25, I've already told you. <laughs> Jesus answers kind of cryptically at times, right? A lot of times with another question, but here he even says, I've already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. Okay, so the proof will be in the work I do. Even later in verse 36, if you scroll over there, he says, Why do you call it blasphemy when I say I am the Son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. So he's like, hey, look, I've told you the answers to these things, but don't believe me unless you actually see me do these miracles. You see me do these things that I've said. You see me do what my Father has called me to do. All right, so that whole scene takes place at this Hanukkah celebration. Now, the very next story in the Bible is what? If you look in your Bibles, what's the very next story about? This is incredible. The very next story in the Bible is all about this guy, Lazarus, a friend of Jesus. Lazarus dies, and Lazarus is dead for four days. And what does Jesus do? He comes along, he actually comes along kind of in a 
relatively casual way for someone being dead. He's dead now for four days. And Jesus comes up to his tomb and says, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus, who'd been dead for four days, comes back to life. You might know that story. Recognize how absolutely insane and miraculous that story is. He says, you will know if I'm the Messiah based on the work I do. The next work he does is raise someone who is dead back to life again. (laughs) How's that for proof? That's an amazing, amazing proof, incredible display of his miracle. And he says in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Yeah. Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? And when pressed to say, are you the Messiah? He says, I've already told you, believe by my works. And then he raises somebody to life again. Now, what's so interesting, I think, to me is what we see then is obviously the very next thing that happens is like a little bit later, the next big, big, big thing that happens is Jesus himself dies, okay? So Jesus himself dies. He is crucified upon the cross and he is dead. And what I believe like should be happening is that you look back and you have hope because a miracle happened there. Right? In the same way that at Hanukkah, they would say a great miracle happened there. Now we have hope that God can work miracles. God can work miracles today because he worked that miracle then. And we believe that because a miracle happened there, it can happen here. Jesus then says, okay, look, I raised somebody to life. Now I die. Have some hope. A great miracle happened with me doing this for Lazarus. It will also happen with me. And on the third day, he rises again in victory over sin and death. And we can now look back at that and say, yes, a great miracle happened there. And a great miracle can happen here in my life, in my heart, in our world today. And as we look longingly for his second coming, we can say, Lord, a great miracle happened there and then, and we believe that another one can happen now. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And so I love how this, this whole thing of, of uh, the eighth night of Hanukkah and Christmas Day coming together on this day as we celebrate that Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is a light to the Jews of the first century, He's a light to the Jews today. May he be that for them. May he be that for the Greeks who defiled God's temple back then. And may he be a light to us today here in Orange County, California. So we celebrate that Jesus is the light of the world, that he's conquered sin and death, and that he shines a light into our darkest places. And because miracles happen there, we believe that a miracle can happen here. Let's pray together.
Heavenly Father, I just uh, I thank you so much for the wonders of your word. Lord, these incredible true stories of you celebrating Hanukkah and then you the next moment raising Lazarus to life. That you saying you are the resurrection and the life and then you coming back to life from the dead. Oh, Lord, thank you for these miracles that happened there. And Lord, we ask and pray for the miracles that we need in our lives today from you. We need you, God, for salvation. We need you to live out of your grace each day of our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that we would believe in you for the miracles we need each day. In Jesus' name, amen.